Welcome to Fox Trying to Get a Foxhole, Episode 2. No, Season 2, Episode 13, Number 45 overall. As I promised, we are going to do two episodes this week. And it's always a pleasure to bring to you different sports in addition to, you know, our extensive coverage of the major sports and, you know, our, our weekly analysis and commentaries. It's cool that when we can get a guest on to talk about motorsports, which is big, and we don't, I think, get enough coverage, but, you know, there's just in the hour, an hour and a half, you know, I've talked about a lot of things, and it's really good to have people in my circle that know a great deal about this. This guy's been on the show before. Like I said, I've known him now, gee, like four decades or so, four decades plus. It's always a pleasure. Um, a man of uh, many words and uh, many opinions. And so I'm going to jump to my conversation with J.K., the corner man, talking some motorsports on episode 45, season two, episode 13. And by the way, thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for the wonderful theme music, helping creators out the world. Anyway, this is my this is my talk with Jim, a special fox trading in a foxhole episode, companion episode. Well, I have a pleasure of bringing back, but I hope will be an annual or biannual conversation. J.K. the Corner Man. Welcome back to Fox Riding in a Foxhole. Mr. Cannon, thanks for having me. I got my pith helmet on. I got my ammo box. I'm ready to roll. Let's jump in the foxhole. Okay, let's make it happen. Okay, so it's been approximately nine months since we last talked about NASCAR. I know it's been that long. So I'm going to have wow. a baby in it that It hasn't time. been that long. It has, but I went and looked it up and wow. I was just like going, dude, grief, where is time gone? So I guess my opening question would you, from that point when we were talking to where we are right now, how do you think the series has fared in that time period? Because it has been a very tumultuous nine months. I think actually all things being considered, they're doing very well. Um, they managed to put together basically a full, complete 2020 season. Um, doing so like everybody else did everything else on the fly. Um, I'm sure there were a lot of people who lost a lot of money. There are a lot of people who couldn't, you know, go to tracks and sell souvenirs or people couldn't be at tracks and see races, but you know what? They got a season in and all things being equal, it wasn't so bad. Now, one of the things that a lot of fans have been clamoring for is, you know, hey, this if they're interminable weekends and things go on so long. And, and so guess what? We got condensed weekends. Hey, no practice or qualified at all. We got the great excitement of the unknown of what was going to happen when they plunged down into turn one each race. And you know what? There was no calamity. It worked out. Guess what? It worked. They found a lot of things that they can do that they can implement moving forward. And uh, they, of course they won't go with no practice, no qualifying you know, forever. When they get a chance to do it again, they will. But they found things that moving forward are working. So I think that, and given the type of racing that we've been seeing in all three 
major national series and, and the types of people that are winning seven races into this cup season, seven different winners. You've got winners like Michael McDowell and Christopher Bell. And in the Xfinity series, uh, Ty Gibbs, the grandson of Joe Gibbs. Uh, I, I think there is momentum building back underneath the series. I, I think it's foolish to expect that we'd ever see them see that NASCAR series to have the, that early part of the, of the century type of, popularity that it had um but they're working that way you know okay. and, and they're working their way upward i i feel that the series is in um for for all things considered is in a, in a good position okay because you bring up a great point it's, it's funny how the symmetry of, of a great mind thinking alive because my next point well I'm, you actually have something i want to ask about but let's go into this first as you mentioned, there have been seven races so far in 2021, and there have been seven different winners. What does that say about the current state of NASCAR? Because, I mean, a lot of these guys, we don't even know, as far as, you know, folks that don't pay attention. Well, um, and, and conversely, um, when the um, Baltimore Ravens win a football game, I don't know who those guys are either. Uh, the general True. public might not know who... Um, Michael McDowell is, but Michael McDowell is actually a very accomplished racer. He raced in the open wheel in the, in the road to Indy, uh, was, a, was a, has been a, has done some open wheel racing and, and road racing and then got into the world of NASCAR and with an underfunded team has quietly put himself together. You know, uh, um, he has made a living racing cars and he's not a bad racer. And when he gets a chance to uh, be in, in on equal terms, like restrictor plate races do, like road course races do, he fares very well. And and you know, and to that point, he's still hanging on inside the top fifteen in points for that underfunded team. Um, the people don't know who these guys are, but they're good racers. What it says is that it's very competitive, and that there are a mix of tracks and drivers, and that make it very interesting. True, true, I think true. it brings the interest back more when anybody can, you know, when you open up, the more people who have a chance to win, the more interesting it is. Well, I find it fascinating because, okay, because obviously I used to follow it a lot more. So I, I, I don't conversely because of soccer and all kinds of other things that I that occupy my brain space now. But that exactly, said, yeah. But that said, but when I think of like McDowell and some of these other guys that that, that when I stopped watching regularly, these guys were basically start and park guys, right? Exactly. You hit it right on the head. And that how we've been able to uh, evolve, see these guys, you know, become, you know, from evolving from start and park guys to actual being stars on the circuit is mind blowing. Because, you know, my brother Greg, who you're friends with as well, he and I are always mm -hmm. chatting about that, just like going, hey, do I remember when this guy, you know? Yeah, so. he was a start and parker. Well, well the, the thing is, is that. Um, and race fans are a fickle lot and they like to complain. And as soon as they get what they want and what they were complaining about for, they start complaining about that. And one of the things that one of the complaints has been about the charter system and where the top 35 teams are locked in the, the, for, for the race each week. And you know what? We have found out that well, 43 isn't a sacred number. We didn't need 43 cars to start a cup race. We don't need 40 cars to start a cup race. And if they have 37 or 38, great. You don't see starting parkers anymore. I mean, there are very there's a few, and in, in the lower tier series, there's a few more than there are on the Cup series. But the guys at the bottom end of the ladder, um, 
even those guys are still fighting and trying to make something happen. They're not just starting and parking to collect a check. They're trying to build organizations. And we've seen the fruits of that through an organization that won a championship that way, Furniture Row Racing, with Martin Truex Jr. Of course, uh, Barney Visser is old and, you know, retiring now on his sales business and closed shop on his team, but that wasn't a reflection of their success. That was a reflection of his personal situation. So 1 through 35, you've got teams and drivers whose goal it is is ultimately to win a championship. Now, you know, teams and drivers 20 through 35, no, they're not going to win championships that year, but they're working in that direction. You know, yes, there are exceptions to the rule, but, you know, I, I like the dynamic that we have and that, that, you know, yeah, you're going to have drivers who suck. And I put that in quotes, you know, there are always guys who are better than others, more talented. And, and you know, some guys might get in the way. Better funded, some guys, stronger teams. Some guys, yeah, some maybe some guy is out there because of his money. Well, you know what? They're all out there because of their money or their family's money. They're, you know, let's not kid ourselves. So, you know, you're, the, the competition level, I watched the Xfinity Series race a few weeks ago. And from one through 20, you know, there was a mix of veterans, young talent, mid-level talent, rising, you know, you, you had all, and any one of them uh, on that particular team with the car they had could win the race. You know, I mean, the, there is, there's a competitiveness and, and an excitement and, you know, NASCAR will pick up some of these things they've learned and maybe compact some things and shorten some things and shorten some races and some seasons, maybe, you well, know, they might get back yeah. up to that popularity okay. they had. So you bring up an interesting point. And I think that, you know, in terms of the nuts and bolts and what's actually going on, you've just given us a really good description. However, and we drilled on this last year, and I love how this conversation is folding together perfectly. <laughs> but um, so we discussed this last year, and I would like to drill down again on this ongoing perception that NASCAR's lack of star power is causing the sport's popularity to decline. Um, do you agree, or do you have a take of your own on that, or disagree? Uh, you know, I, I can't, I don't really, because the the it's like, you know, I kind of, that, that reminds me, uh, it brings me back to before NASCAR was popular, you know, back in the, in the days when it was, it was, you know, hit the bag on NASCAR back in the, you know, mm -hmm. really picked up steam early nineties, you know, and Jim Rome was big on it and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, it, NASCAR exploded and became popular, but, and now it's, I kind of feel like we're sort of back down to that, you know, uh, NASCAR, it's just NASCAR again. There's going to be people who like, like racing regardless and there are going to be those who are going to like it only when you know things are good for them you know and and there are going to be people who don't like it at all and whether or not folks think there aren't stars in nascar um the, there are not the superstar household names because you're not playing in front of as many people. I mean, that's the byproduct of lower ratings and, 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 you know, lower revenue and decreased uh, butts in the, in the stands, you know, your main participants aren't going to be as popular. That's, you know, that's what happens when you subtract. Sure. You sure. Know, no, unfortunately. And, and, but whether does that make the sport better or I mean, does it make it worse? It doesn't make it better or worse. It makes it what it is. It makes it, you know, I mean, I think we, sh we, we all right now are living, you know, what it is like to adjust and adapt to the way things are. 
because that's what we've been doing for the last uh, 13 months is adjusting and adapting to the, you know, to new realities. And, and I, as a child of, or as a parent of high school's athlete children's, can attest, you know, with sports schedules that literally change by the week, you know, we, we all have to adjust and adapt and, 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 you know, and NASCAR is doing it. And, and, um, if people, you know, whether or not they like what NASCAR is doing, you know, I, as the old commercial says, they can go ahead and say what they want. I can't hear them you okay. know, as, as the cars go screaming by. So, well, that, okay. I, I, I like that. So to that point that, you know, as opposed to not seeing a lack of star power, but another criticism that people of the sport levy is that it doesn't have the personality of, of the NASCAR we grew up with. Do you feel that's a, that's a possibility that these rabbits are more robot automatons that are oh, corporate? Absolutely. I mean, don't, don't, can't argue that one bit. Um, there, but that doesn't. That's not to say that these guys aren't characters, though. And mm-hmm. one thing we, we we actually we get to see a lot more of the guys. You know, a lot more of the drivers who are in the sport. We get to see a lot more of them than we ever than we did, quote unquote, back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's there's more access to everything. And, you know, this this magical little thing called the internet. You know, we are connected in in a way that we never were before, and thank God we weren't because I probably wouldn't be here now. That's for sure. But uh, sure, um, you know. But the um, people know these drivers. They see these drivers. Yes, they have to be more a little more buttoned down and a little more corporate simply because you know that that's who's footing the bill. But you'll notice some of them don't really care too much and and. And, and one thing I find interesting, you know, and this is, it's, this is an interesting question you pose because the, all the complaining that, 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 that people are too bland and the very second that somebody comes along that's not bland, it's, what does this guy think he's doing? He's trying to be, you know, what, you know, and, and it's, it, again, it's the race fans, you know, that they haven't found a, anything that they don't like to complain about, you know, and whatever it is that they're complaining about. If you come, the thing that they want comes along, then they complain about what it was that they wanted. You know, look at Noah Gragson. People hate that guy. They bag on that guy. I love that guy. You know, he's going to piss everybody off. And, and, and you know what? The kid can race cars. Is he the best? No, but is he pretty good? Yeah, he's pretty darn good. And, you know, I mean, he might not be cup level or he might never make it to cup level. He's a good Xfinity series driver. He's entertaining. Um, as long as he can keep a little bit of composure and not spin his car out, he's fun to watch. He makes news, you know, and he may, it, it, it's true. It, it, if they, if they ain't cheering you or booing you, then you're in trouble. They got to, you know, you got to do something. And, and Gregson, uh, I don't know about social media stuff. I understand that he's a big social media. I don't, you know, I have my Facebook page, but I don't, you know, follow people or anything like mm-hmm. that. Couldn't care less. All I worry about is what they're, you know, all I care about is what's going out in the racetrack. And he's fast, you know, he's on my favorite Xfinity series team and he's fun to watch, you know? So, you know, let, let him be colorful and, and let people complain about him being too colorful because the moment he's not colorful, they're going to complain he's not colorful. So this is very know. true. Okay, yeah. that brings me to something else along those lines. Okay, last summer when we convened last, we talked about the Wallace incident and how it brought attention to the series for, I would say, all the wrong reasons. 
Um, how has NASCAR moved beyond the social justice war? Do you detect any lingering resentment how the noose and flag controversies were handled? Uh, uh, you know what? With him being on the Hamlin team and the Jordan thing, I think, you know, we're at a let's move on point with that one. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think, I don't think there's any kind of, you know, I, people rather talk about how we've got, you know, um, another team and, you know, and you've got some star power involved and, and hopefully some money and, you know, and, and, and the twist with having a NASCAR driver as, as a team owner as well, you know, and, and, and it's a good positive story. Um, and okay. I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm at, I moved on from the Bubba Wallace thing. I, I think most people know? did. Occasionally it brings uh, up, but like when Larson won, it came up. But other than that, you know, as for, cause I track, try to track everything, you know, for the weekly podcast. And I have since none of that. Now that's why I was asking you, cause you follow it closer. And really why I bring it up is because let's face it, other than the NFL, pretty much every American sport is tanking in the TV ratings department. I mean, how concerned are you as an ardent fan of the sport about sagging vi- viewership? And, you know, I mean, I think it's a concern not just for NASCAR, but every sport except for the NFL, which has somehow figured out how to be bulletproof, basically. You know, in terms of of TV viewership, there's a very hard for me to put this without sounding, you know, a little trite, but I couldn't care less about the TV ratings. I really can't, you know, because those sports are going to stay there. They're going to be there. They, you know what? It's not us. It's going to get shortchanged. It's them. That's going to get shortchanged because their next television contract, they're going to make less money. Guess what? We're still going to be able to turn on the TV or, or go to the streaming device and watch the, watch the game. And, and while I'm sitting there tuned into whatever it is I'm watching, in this case, the NASCAR race, I couldn't care less if there was one or 100 million other people watching. So whether wherever it is, whatever the ratings are, and I understand the notion that if, if they aren't going to be drawing viewership, then they're not going to be getting the dollars, and then that's going to hurt the sport. And what I'm saying is, is these sports are going to be there. As long as they're going to be running races, they're going to be there. And I'm not it's someone else's department to worry about television ratings. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think it's, it, it's from a fan's perspective, purely from a fan's perspective, we can do all that we can to ensure that they'll never have to worry about television ratings by being fans and turning on the television and watching the race. And by going out and buying tickets, we can't worry ourselves with what other people are doing, but if we call ourselves fans and we want to go to see races and we want to support the series, I think it's our obligation to when we get the opportunity and it's within, you know, our, our personal situation, you know, go out and go watch the race. You're going to miss out otherwise. Now, down where I am in my neck of the woods, you, you got to go a little bit of a spell to get to a race. But I understand, you know, that there are those who have to go even further than I do. So There's I shouldn't that. complain. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the one thing I do, uh, one thing I will say to counter, you know, the, the negativity that I'm bringing up is that I think what will help NASCAR moving forward and I think has helped them get past these controversies is that it doesn't have the woke factor that some of these other sports, which is turning people away. 
I mean, you're not, you're, I mean, as you said, you know, right, they got past the news, they got past the Confederate flag controversies, and it's not a talking point as opposed to the NBA, which is always mired in some kind of controversy with the social justice warriors. And conversely, as I've pointed out on the podcast, I mean, the numbers are so bad for the NBA, it's embarrassing, and they should really look in the mirror. That's a whole other sub- subject. Anyway, let's move away from that. And Let's just talk, let's get a sense of what do you think are, will be the main storylines that us novices should be looking forward to hearing about as the 2021 season progresses? As 2021 progresses for in the world of NASCAR, I think probably um, is this the year that Denny Hamlin finally wins a championship. He's kind of become Mr. Number Two. He's up there with Mark Martin as one of the the best uh, drivers, winning as drivers to never win a championship. Um, what, I won't get into my personal rooting interests on that particular one, but let's just say that when I turn on the NASCAR race, I have an anybody but Danny attitude. So let's go everybody else. Um, so, yeah, you, so have, you, and, Danny, you and Greg will have a nice beverage talking about that the next time we all have a drink together because yeah, he feels the same yeah, way. Well, when the guy was in the second cup season, he sat there on a, on a television interview after a, 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 what was in the Bush series, I guess, or maybe it was Xfinity series it was a nationwide at that time series uh, chastising the nationwide series regulars for the way they drive, because we just don't do it that way. Well, you know, he was in his second cup here and, you know, who are you? And he's had that attitude ever since. And I have not gotten any greater pleasure, but then to watch him go into the end of three or four different NASCAR seasons, grab Bubba Wallace's noose and put it around his own neck because he has spit the bit on more than one occasion. And that is just the greatest thing. Sorry. I had, <laughs> had to inject a little personal animus toward Jimmy Hamlin there. No, no, uh, I hear from my brother all the time. You got to feel the same but way. Anyway, I, but that being said, to be fair, I mean, given his status in the sport, uh, I think his pursuit of the championship really is as we wind down closer to the end of the season, it is going to be, you know, something to take a look at right now. He's crushing the field. Um, everybody, you know, or not everybody, but it's said that, well, he hasn't won a race yet. So what he, you know, he's so far ahead of everybody else. He's in the top five, every single race. I mean, he, he's, he's going to win races and he's going to be uh, the guy to beat this year. I think Okay. Um, uh, a couple of other, uh, uh, there will, it, there's the interesting storyline right now is, wow. Well, will there be 16 drivers, you know, or more than 16 drivers win races. And, and you look at down the list of people and you say, well, this guy's going to win. And that guy's going to win. That guy's going to win. That guy's going to win. So, you know, we might get, no, it, it, don't say that. Don't automatically assume that Kevin Harvick's going to win this year. The Stuart Haas is running like junk so far. Kyle Busch didn't win last year, so until the very end of the year. So, um, you know, you you get um, you you've got a chance. People think a great chance to exceed uh, uh, sixteen winners, so that somebody who has won a race wouldn't actually make the chase. I don't think that's going to happen. But it's going to be a buzz, you know, a, 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 it's going to be buzzing through the garage and, or through the, the, the fandom, you know, about what's going to happen. You know, how many of those teams in the garage are going to get, you know, a win and not get into the chase. But I, I still don't think we'll hit 16. But as we get to that point, that will be uh, a big thing to watch. And then finally, um, yeah, w- will this be the year that Rick Hendrick gets back to 
the championship. Uh, it's been a while since it gets a back-to-back championship. It's been a while since Jimmy Johnson won back-to-back. He won it in 2013, but, you know, he had Jeff Gordon win it back-to-back. He had Jimmy Johnson win it five times in a row. You know, is this the year? Can Chase Elliott win a back-to-back, or can William Byron or uh, Alex Bowman or um, – uh, Kyle Larson win the championship. The Hendrick stable is stacked. Uh, they are back. Kyle Larson is a threat every single week. Uh, Alex Bowman is becoming a threat. He's had some bad luck. William Byron has won a race. He'll be in the chase. Yes, he he's, he's becoming a threat. Uh, I think it, is this the year that Rick Hendrick finally gets that back to back or goes back and, and, and assumes, you know, dominance because I, I think right now people look at, you know, even though Chase Elliott won the championship last year, I mean, he, he he pulled the equivalent of the Hail Mary. I mean, he literally did. He had to win in order to get into that final race to be one of the championship four. He had no other choice. He had to win. And then, of course, in that championship race, he had to win that. He had a pretty good season, but he, he certainly wasn't the dominant car, and he certainly wasn't somebody that you, you know, eyed as a guy. This is a real threat. You know, he came up and won. He, in order to make his, you know – I, I, I kind of think that, that not that it was illegitimate. He's a, certainly a legitimate champion, but, um, you know, we, I, I think people really want to see is if, if Hendrick is really back to being at the top of the list, this is the, they're going to have to go out and do it again. I don't think that right now there's still, you know, I don't think they're considered the top organization, but I think, uh, I think they have shown so far that they, very well can be there and they're very definitely going to be a threat for that. So that that's the three things to look at. Is this this Denny's year? Are we going to hit 16, more than 16 winners for the chase? And is, is Hendrick back on the top of the heat? Okay. I I like that. Three things that I can definitely be tracking and bringing up in in the podcast as we go along through the season. And then remind me of how wrong I I will be. Well, actually, I'm not going to make any predictions. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) So to close this segment out, let me me get you in on this segment here. Then we'll go to the next segment. But um, obviously, we had the race at Bristol being on the dirt and the plans to do it again in 2022. What was your take on that? Well, you know... Here, this is. I, I hope people aren't complaining about this because you know, and it's not even a question of trying to get back to the roots of the sport. It's just doing different things, man. You know, running some. You know, some now. Now, it rained on the parade, literally. Yes, and, it did. And, you know, they didn't get all those heat races that they wanted to have in. You know, but uh, you know, the idea is great. I I think just just based upon everything that I've just read and heard and, and seen, I, I, I just sense that we might get a better show out of it. If you were in a place like Eldora, you know, that it is an actual dirt track, but you know, um, what do I know? I, I, the fact that they're doing it, I think is really cool. You know, of course they've been running the trucks on the dirt for several years. The Arca series runs on the dirt, you know, mm-hmm. uh, give them a little more time and, and give them the flexibility to maybe to, to have something to run something a little different. You know, I think they're going to have to maybe address some, some different rules issues if they're going to run on dirt, they're only going to do it once a year. And, and Hey, if you do it once a year, that's cool. I, I, I could see that happening. We finally got our wish with more than two road course races. We've got what, five or so on the schedule this year, six or something like that. So oh, I didn't realize that, you know, yeah, so you know, mix it up. I mean, yeah, let's mix it up. I, I thought it was great do, visibility you know, for the sport. Yeah. You know, when you've got people like uh, people on Get Up and 
Undisputed talking about it, which they normally give auto racing no love. Visibility like that, you can't you can't complain. <laughs> I it's think. Undisputed. Undisputed, uh, Skip Bayless yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Shannon but, Sharp. But that's my point, you know, it, it, it is that the people, you know, the, 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 the me, the whatever, the media people, it doesn't matter who says what. I mean, if, if you like your deal, you know, then, then it doesn't matter what people say. All righty. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with another segment. Fox Trotting in a Foxhole, Season 2, Episode 13, Number 45, overall. And I always forget, you know, that, that I have to give a quick shout-out to the people who have kindly enough to sponsor our podcast. If that's something that interests you, I don't solicit these things, but if you want to sponsor the podcast, I'm not going to say no. Big, you know, props and ups to the folks who help with um, helping us out as far as providing you high-fidelity content. Over here, watching a really intense CONACAF Champions match. Had the beautiful thing about this. UEFA in the daytime, and then we've had three matches yesterday and today. So it's pretty much soccer from noon till, you know, 8.30, 9, 10 o'clock. Champions League, high-quality caliber competitions. Beautiful thing if you like the beautiful game. All righty. Well, I said... Talking to our man, the corner man, is always fun. Talking to our man, the corner man. <laughs> yeah. But that's uh, great conversation, and we're going to hop back here in a second and get some more insights from him. Good stuff. Okay, we're back. So let's talk a little open will. So like myself... Many, uh, many, many of us, we've completely lost touch with what's going on in that circuit. We don't even know that it exists. So give us the overview of what's happening in that world. Well, you want to do IndyCar? Yeah, you sure. Do Formula One? We'll uh, go Formula One in the next segment. Let's do it. Let's, I mean, right, this is the Indy series. Yeah. IndyCar, you know, it, 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 it pains my heart at times, you know, to, to know, you know, to see how how far uh, it has fallen in the ranks of becoming really nothing more than a niche sport at this point, to be honest. Uh, but and it, it's tragic in as much as is I, I seriously believe it's the best racing in the world. I mean, you know, the mixture of what's going on on road and street courses, uh, the fixed, you know, the permanent uh, road courses, uh, city street circuits, ovals. I'd love to see a few more ovals mixed in, but. You know that the season is is relatively condensed. You know they they, they start and and well this year it's April. We'll be starting here uh, this month and they end in September. So you know you you got you, you you forget you forget they exist and and they 
they shot themselves in the foot with the split. Now they have come light years from, from that point, but you know, they, they lost their fan base, you know, but my suggestion is, is just go out there and take a look at, at some of the racing. If you watch the racing that goes on in IndyCar, it is, it is the closest, you know, other than NASCAR running into each other, but in terms of open wheel, it, it is, it is so good. The, the rate, I, I can't even describe it adequately. It's, okay. The racing is so good. There are so many outstanding young drivers. You think back to the, the, the glory days of, you know, uh, Andretti and Foyt and, you know, and so on and so forth or from, you know, back in the day, Rutherford and you name it. Uh, you run down the list of drivers from one through 20, one through 15 right now for sure is stronger than it's ever been. Stronger than you it's know. ever been. Really? Um, from one through 15. Yes. I mean, you go down to, you, you look at, at, uh, um, Who's driving right now? You go, Andretti's got uh, Colton Herta is an outstanding young talent. This is he is a Formula One caliber young talent. It was twenty one years old, twenty two years old, twenty one years old, twenty years old. I mean, he's just a kid, and he is unbelievably talented. Pato Award out of from Mexico is just hugely talented. Another guy who has capacity, the capability, the talent level of driving in formula one, one day you've got Marcus Erickson from formula one, who is not a, a superstar level talent, but he's a darn good racer. You know, he raced six years in formula one. So, uh, he, he can handle himself, but, uh, you Roman Grosjean from formula one is, is running in the car this year on a road and street circuit, uh, only schedule. Uh, you, you've got Jimmy Johnson coming over there this year is going to bring a lot of attention. He's going to be in the, He's going to be, he's going to have an anchor on him. He will be competing for last place. He will be lucky not to be last place. He will finish ahead of only those who don't finish if he finishes the race. That, that, you know, and he is a talented NASCAR champion who is jumping over into something else and is finding that, you know, these things are hard to learn. They're hard to drive. The guys who are driving out there are tremendously talented. Renus VK, who's driving for Ed Carpenter Racing out of uh, Holland, tremendously talented young racer. You've got Alex Pelot, a Spanish driver, uh, driving now coming up this year for Ganassi. He is a tremendously talented young driver. They, they just, the talent, the talent level out there is is tremendous, and we, we we think of the old stars like Castor Nevis and you know Tony Kanon. Those guys are done. I mean, you know, it, it's past. You you've got Scott McLaughlin, the supercar champion out of Australia, coming over and driving for Team Penske this year. That guy is unbelievably talented. I mean, th- there are some terrific young names out there, great race car drivers. You bring up a great uh, driving, point there, right? Because yeah, you mentioned and, 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 all these. But dri- the thing is, is that. They don't. They're not on. They're not out there long enough. They, their season is too short, and they don't. The, the series itself doesn't make a huge effort at putting itself in front of the people. However, there, you're, there's, there's only two words that need to be said that will address that. If this, to, to change that around, Roger Penske. That's it. He yeah. owns the series. He owns the speedway, and he'll put this thing in motion to bring. You know. Yeah, I've got a question about eight. Roger here shortly. We bring up, but let me get back to what I was about to ask. Um, you named a lot, some interesting drivers that I did not know were running the Indy circuit, but I guess because I, like I said I'm completely clueless at this point. You know, one of the things that you see over the NASCAR circuit 
is the offspring of a lot of the drivers we grew up with. Is that the same in this? Because, you know, you, I noticed you mentioned a lot of names, but they're not names that uh, we grew up with that circuit. It's like, and, well, and, go ahead. It, it is. I, I don't know if it was at the level that we became used to seeing in NASCAR, but, you know, if, if you want to go back for, in terms of, I mean, you can go back as far as Nelson Piquet and Nelson Piquet Jr. Mm-hmm. from the uh, Formula One True. world and Nelson Piquet Jr., of course, is the first Formula E season champion, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, um, uh, Rubens Barrichello's son has been doing some racing. Um, Felipe Massa, his son, but none of, you don't see any, um, surnames famous surnames on the indycar side of the grid so much as other than than marco andretti and he won't be running full-time this year he'll only be running the indy 500 so uh it's not as common there are a handful of drivers whose kids are kind of at some stage in in lower ranks you know but uh there's only one really big name surname open wheel driver that i can think of but he's he's running that that worldwide circuit not the uh, indycar series okay. this year so uh, i'm sure we'll get to him in a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um that's that's interesting because okay, you mentioned mr pinsky you know obviously um, he's the godfather in your opinion what could he do to reignite interest in the sport you know what what would well, you what suggest can, to him what, I should what say. can they what can they do to ignite interest in the sport uh interesting question um i there are several things i that are they are working on okay uh, let's hear it however um or the counter the the any car racing it's just got to get into a longer schedule. You know, they've, they've got to be out in front of the fans more. They have to have your season. That's number one is start your season earlier. You know, what can Roger Penske do to, you know, to get interest going on? Give fans product. I mean, you know, there are there, there's only 17 races and they cram it into six months. Uh, I understand that a promoter, you know, you can't just, you know, make up races. Promoters have to, you know, step up and, and, and promote races. And in order for that to happen, fans have to buy tickets, but you have to have good compelling shows. I know I've, I've spoken to many people who have, you know, considered whether they're going to go to a certain race or not and decided not to. IndyCar has to number one, team up with other circuits or other series to make, um, uh, multiple you know to make it a weekend that you want to go to like when you go to long beach you know you can see indy you can see imsa you get to see usually they'll have one other kind of sports car series out there they'll have a a historic type of race Um, but in too many events where indy goes to they're they're either standalone or they'll only have one of their you know one or two of their support series on the road to indy series Mix it up. Get with the IMSA series and sports cars. Get with NASCAR and run some some double headers with NASCAR. Um, you know, I, I know it won't happen with Formula One, but but you know, get out there in front of the fans for a longer point in time uh, with in, in, in other you know in along with other series. That that's that's the front and center of what I believe that Roger Penske can do to to spark up interest in this you know we're entering a new age of viewership where you know more and more things are moving to online platforms and streaming services and things like that 
Um, I think, you know, you have to, it's, you're going, we're moving away from more than strictly viewership of races and things like that to working in platforms where you're capturing, um, uh, views and, and, you know, things like that, where people are going to want to view your content. They're going to want to follow, you know, Absolutely. Be, be interested in the individuals. So, you know, it doesn't matter so much about clicking on the television. It, it matters about having these people out there and available and accessible. And if you're an any car driver, um, there's only so much that you can keep these people and make them, you know, out there and available and accessible and be interesting unless they're driving the race car, you know, they, they, you know, you can, you you gotta be racing. So we need more racing. We need a longer season with more racing and mix it up with other series. And I think that would be a great way uh, to, you know, get some viewership back. I like the partnership concept. That sounds pretty solid. Let me ask you this. Um, You know, this may be a silly question. Maybe not. Uh, So where the hell will I even be able to watch these races? Is it still on ABC? Is it on NBC? You can see uh, uh, NBC network. NBC will carry, I believe, uh, somewhere in the vicinity of seven to 10 races. I can't it, it, off the top of my head, uh, but you can see um, like for instance, the, the Indy 500 will be on NBC, the big NBC. If it's not going to be on NBC, you will be able to watch at this point in time, all IndyCar races air on, M- uh, on either NBC or NBCSN, which will be um, Peacock which, here shortly, which will be Peacock here shortly. So, <laughs> and, and from, you know, IndyCar has, has made it a point to let us know that they'll let us know when they know what their plans are in the future. <laughs> so we don't know what their plans are for the future right now. So, but you know, in the meantime, I do believe that NBC is doing IndyCar a much better justice than, than ABC ever did. That's for sure. Um, whether it remains on NBC in the future, um, that's TBD also. But I, I believe NBC is 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 just you can see that they are invested in IndyCar. They they have um, cross promoted IndyCar like ABC never has, and they they've actually you know done more cross promotion for IndyCar than they have for some of their other sports so that they really heavily there. They are, I believe they're going to find a way to keep them on their platform. I mean, and, and one thing that make tends to make me believe that's the case is that, and this is kind of behind the scenes and it's kind of complete conjecture on my part, mm-hmm. but uh, you look at a guy like Dale Earnhardt Jr., who is common, who does NASCAR commentary for uh, NBC. Uh, well, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has this Dirty Mo Media company, and you know, Dirty Mo Media has one of the, among other properties that they have are, are a, uh, a classic, uh, a look back at old classic tracks, the shows where he goes back and, uh, mm-hmm. and looks, you know, and my mind. Back I was and, ask you about and, that. And, and where does that air? That airs on. Peacock. So, um, I mean, I think there's a symbiotic relationship here, and I'm, I know I'm just sort of, you know, throwing fairy dust out there. No, but I, I think, think from what I know, I, that's. I, I, I think that, that. I think it's more than fairy dust from what I know. Are, are in uh, auto racing remaining on Peacock in general? They're, they've made a commitment to auto racing, and I believe they're going to stick yeah, to it. Yeah, I, I believe so as well, from what I know. So, to close this segment out, let me get this one in for you. What do you think about. Let's talk about The Godfather once again. What do you think about his desire to have a full house at Indy come Memorial Day? Do you think that's supposed to happen? I, I wish I had a ticket if that were the case. Um, I, uh, you know, uh, 
I believe that people will make responsible decisions for their own situation. And if they're not comfortable being there, then they won't go. And if they're comfortable being there, they'll go. And, you know, um, the, that's that. Yeah, let me... <laughs> and, 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 and I will say, if I had a ticket... I'd go because the light switch is on as I've been bringing up in the podcast, uh, you know, like Jerry's mm -hmm. like Jerry's talking about what, having 60,000 at Jerry world for the next Canelo fight. And mm -hmm. that's like a month from now. So, you, you know, I don't know if you're going to have a completely full house, but no, <laughs> no, you won't see. That's the thing is even Andy doesn't know, you know, mm -hmm. Doug Bowles was on the Marshall Pruitt uh, article in racer magazine. Uh, well, last week, this week, Mar Marshall Pruitt interviewed Doug Bowles, and uh, they still don't know. I mean, as of, of just a few days ago, they don't even know who, who, what, what level passes, bronze level, senior passes. Are they going to open up this stretch? They don't know. I, you know, you, you mentioned when I, I, and I was very flippant about saying I'd go, I have a ticket, I don't care, because I know they're not going to have a full house. They're not going to have anything close to a full house for for the five hundred. They, you know, you know. It would be pure conjecture on my part to even throw out numbers, but but you know I'm a conjecture kind of guy at times, and I kind of get a sense that we're going to see in the high you know five figures, maybe a hundred thousand people, maybe you know that I definitely see that a, a that is a very large property, mm -hmm. and you know you can get I I have been to a handful of of little local sporting events recently, and and you know. Um, when when you're talking about condensing down the, the and you think well, 100,000 people, I mean that's just huge. You can spread 100,000 people out around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and keep your you know keep a little bit of space between people. I mean, and I don't even talk. I'm not talking social. I'm past social distancing, man. I, I mean, it's we can hang out and we can be around each other. We don't have to be all over each other, but we don't have to stand eight feet away from each other or six feet away or whatever. You can sit in the stands. You can have space. You can have a row between people. There's still plenty of room and still fit a hundred thousand people sure. in the Indianapolis motor speedway. So I, I, I think that's reasonable and, and they need to do it. I mean, do you think there Roger should be a vaccine passport to, to, to uh, attend? What, or do you? How do you feel about that? About what was that? Having a vaccine passport, basically, as far as you know, I don't know if that's going to be the uh, baseline for attendance. I'm not sure, but uh, I, I assume that it will a be. Vaccine? Uh, you mean you got to show proof? Yeah, you're showing proof to show that you've been vaccinated. Yes. Proof of vaccination to be able to go somewhere? Yeah. By God, I guess we have. Falling back in the Nazi Germany, you know. I'll tell you what. I'm giving the I, I'm giving the finger to okay. the first person who tells me that I have to show them a, a card, a vaccination card. You know what? Here is your vaccination, and I, you know, I don't need that service or that product or you know whatever it is. You know, if if it gets to that, I, I really don't think it's well. <laughs> Yeah, before you say that, in the world, I think it probably will get to that. Yeah, but you know, and, and there are probably some places that already is like that. But you know, I hope not. Yeah, but, I just think you know what? If 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 they're going to ask for vaccine pass, then then you know, then 
they're going to make some people happy and they're going to make some people unhappy. That's just kind of going to be the way Or you're, you're going to do something you cockabany know? like the heat are trying to do where you have vaccinated sections and non-vaccinated sections. <laughs> <laughs> That's like having a smoking section in a restaurant, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. i exactly. over here and smoke my Marlboro. You sit across the barrier over there where my smoke's floating all over you so you won't get my smoke. I mean, come on. Yeah. I know we outdid that a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, my head but, exploded you know, when, when, when I, I saw know, that. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> vaccinated versus non-vaccinated. Yeah. So I'm, well, you know, I guess there's a reason I don't follow basketball. Well, it's gonna be this is gonna be interesting as we get closer. Alrighty, so we're gonna take a quick break and then we will go talk about some F1. Welcome back to Fox Dragon the Foxhole, Season 2, Episode 13, Number 45 overall. Ken Harlan, your faithful host here. Just enjoying myself. This uh, smorgasbord of soccer is just fantastic. You know, Toronto and Lyon 1 1. That's how that ended up. And now we have uh, Club America up on Olympia 2 0. NBA. Denver and, U- and Phoenix are rolling. In fact, Phoenix is beating Utah by. Nine. That's be a very huge win and definitely shake up the power rankings when we get to them next week. Definitely be keeping an eye on that. You know, I always like to give you a bird's eye into what's going on when I'm actually recording so you get a sense, you know, or a timestamp. Anyway, I thought that was interesting talking about, you know, the vaccine passport and what that could mean as far as moving forward. I don't see, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, there may be some venues that insist upon it but i don't really see that instead i just feel like we're going to get to a point where everybody's vaccinated as far as the anti-vaxxers go well you know like i said those are there are other podcasts to mesh the hash that out and we're just here to talk about sports entertainment and other cool areas of high fidelity content anyway this is this is a fantastic conversation i'm going to get back and have our last segment I think it's our last segment. Anyway, we're, we're going to talk some F1 now with the corner man. Okay, let's let's rock another segment here. Let's let's talk about some F1. And so, obviously, when we talk F1 for the you know, and this is another uh, circuit that I follow a little, but. You know, vicariously through my brother and others, I have, I know, and pretty much for us folks that are on the outside, it seems that, you know, the conversation always begins with the success of Lewis Hamilton. Um, In your opinion, why has Lewis Hamilton been so darn successful? He's really darn good. He's really darn good. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, 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 I rooted for Lewis Hamilton when he came along. And, and I, I say this because I, I'm, I'm prefacing my statement that, you know, I'm rooting, I root against Lewis Hamilton now, just from a fan's perspective, not because I don't like Lewis Hamilton. I used to root for the guy, but when same guy wins over and over and over and over and over and over again, you know, you want to start seeing, unless you're just a diehard, you know, fan. I wasn't a diehard Lewis Hamilton fan. I just, I like, you know, it was cool when he won. It was like, ah, cool. Hamilton's winning, you know, but, um, 
when now he's winning, he's won all the time until I start rooting against him. But that doesn't, I, I can't not acknowledge the fact that the guy's just darn this good. This is really good. Yeah. You, know, you put him in situations where, you know, I can't even remember, I can't remember the race last year, but where he ended up falling back to six and you thought, oh, oh it was the race where Lance Stroll was on the pole. And, uh, and it was like they were saying, oh, well, he's, out, he's out of it. He wasn't out of it. He was up by 15 seconds with 20 laps to go. I mean, I, it, where does he do what he does? How did he beat Verstappen? He held off Verstappen. Verstappen was on the strategy that, that would have, should have won him the race. And darn well would have won Hamilton the race because Hamilton would have come storming through with those fresher tires and passed him right up. And, well, that's sort of what Verstappen did. But what happened? He didn't quite make it work. Hamilton still won the race so even even when we finally see a car mercedes in the car that you know maybe it's not the best one out there this year you know maybe it's at least uh, maybe at least red bulls on level footing with them you know or maybe it's it's very very close but it's it's close enough and red bull's car is a good enough handling car and it's you know unlike ferrari when ferrari had that illegal power that gave him the advantage their car's handling wasn't as good, and they still couldn't hang with Mercedes in the long run. Um, Red Bull can. It looks like you know this. This might, you know, this finally is it. We got we got the end of the Mercedes dominance, and Hamilton still won the race. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just you know, it's, it's like it's like you almost it's if 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 it was amateur racing, and you know, you showed up and you had the same you know guy that was always winning, you know, and it's what it, if you came to the racetrack and you saw him pulling this thing, and you just say, "Oh, heck with this, I'm going home." You know, it, it's like you can't. It, how are you going to beat the guy? Uh, I think the only way that we're going to see an end to his dominance is if they put Verstappen opposite him. That's about it. You know, other than that, I, I don't. You know, I just I can't. The guy's just good. I mean, yes, he's driven the best car you know, for the last seven years, but so did Botas and he's waxed Botas, you know, and, and, um, Rosberg raced him fairly close straight up, but Hamilton still was the better racer over the couple of years that they raced against each other head to head on the same team. Um, he's just, you know, there's, you know, there's only one Michael Jordan, you know what I'm saying? There's, you know, there's, there's only one, the best. And, and, and as far as I can see, you know, it, it, Maybe he's not the best, best, best all time. Maybe, you know, but, but maybe he is, but he's certainly the best right now. <laughs> okay. So out, outside of, of, uh, Hamilton, cause you know, obviously you just eloquently described his dominance and just like, Hey, the guy's a badass. What else should we, be, you know, as us novices, let's say we're going to start following this and getting up early, you know, and watching us alongside soccer. What else should we be looking for? Well, um, is, is this the year that Mercedes dominance ends? I mean, that's really, I mean, you know, from a fan's perspective, that's all we've wanted. We all we wanted, all we wanted. We, at first it kind of looked like this year, we were just going to see more of the same because they're all the development is, is basically tapering it off for uh, the new car rules. And when all, when everything changes for the season after next. So uh, after this, so, you know, teams, like Haas aren't even developing their car at all. You know, those guys are out there in sleds, you know, and, and I feel for those, for their two drivers, but you know, we, we just kind of figured Mercedes was going to romp away with this, but I don't think that'll be the case. Red Bull looks like they've got a competitive car this year. Um, and, and it looks like the midfield teams 
are the mid are there going to be other midfield teams join the pack and are we really truly moving toward you know, can this be, you know, any one of three or four different, you know, drivers from three or four, maybe even five different teams have legitimate chances of winning. Um, I think that's kind of more what we're going to have to look for for next year when the regulations change. I think that's kind of what they're aiming for. But, you know, regulations changing. For, what's up with that? So, you well, you know, they're coming up with new car rules and they're, 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 they're doing, they are, the, the, the big thing, you know, is the cost cap with, um, you know, trying to level the playing field, basically. They're trying to get it to where, you know, and let's face it, Formula One's prize money rules are, are heinous, where, you know, it, the, the you're, you're given money based upon, you know, where you finish in the standings, which is good, but the disparity between what they give, you know, so where if you, when you, you know, you're a good team and you finish high in the standings, you're going to get a big pile of money, and, and, when money means so much, you know, uh, meaning, you know, when, when you, of course, you, you know, it takes dollars to get speed. And, you know, when, when money means as much as it does, the dis, you know, the discrepancy in how they awarded prize money is it, really made it hard for, you know, anybody to, to, it's, it's you know, you can't rise up and, and do like a NASCAR and build build your team up and, you know, raise yourself up to the top. You got Mercedes, you got Ferrari, you know, and you got McLaren is trying to get back to where they were. And Williams had a run for a while. But think about it. What other big name F1 teams have there been over the last 30 years? You know, there have been about four or five teams, literally, you know, that you right. can count that were major power teams. So, um, you know, there now there the, it, it looks like, you know, with the new Concord Agreement governing, you know, the teams in, in place and, and, and regulations coming out there, they're trying to make it to where uh, they're going to cap the cost. You know, there uh, a change in the, in the form. And please don't ask me to describe it because I can't. But, uh, you know, they're kind of kind of leveling the playing field. The net result is a leveling of the playing field to some degree. Um as long as they give extra money to Ferrari, though, it's still, it's still not going to be a legitimate system in my estimation. But, but, but uh, you know, but, but regardless, anyway, to try to get, you know, to a little more competition. So that's a but, but focusing more on this season. You can, you know, Are we going to have is there going to be anybody making a legitimate challenge to Mercedes this year? Is this the you know, will we get uh, will Verstappen threaten every single week? Can can McLaren uh, really uh, legitimately challenge uh, for race wins on a consistent basis? Can Fernando Alonso do what Michael Schumacher couldn't do, which is come back uh, after being away from F1 and have uh, well, really <laughs> any kind of success uh, <laughs> uh, on, on his return? Um, uh, you know, can George Russell uh, finally win a race? I, I you know. I, he, he probably won't win this year, but, but I think we're going to see that young man driving a Mercedes next year. So, um, wow. That's, it, fa that's it, fascinating. There are storylines out there, you know, but, but there, there's a lot there, 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 there feels like there's holding patterns because, you know, all these racing series are all coming out with new, you know, over the handful of the next few years coming out with new cars, new regular, you know, regulations are changing. A development is, is either ending or about to end on, on the cars that we're seeing out on the racetracks right now in just about every series. So we're going to see new vehicles out there. We're going to see, um, you know, we're going to see it. There are a lot of young new names. I think we're at a, kind of in, in a, just in a general overall, 
a blanket statement about voter sports, it, it kind of feels like a, a, a generational turn is about ready to take. We're, we're, we're okay. uh, out with the old and with the new and, and the folks that we, you know, we ushered in the, that when we ushered in the 20th century and the guys who, who were the, the you know, the, our, our big names as we, we rode in the 20th century and, and got in, those guys are gone. And, and we're, we're starting a new wave now. It's the next stage of, of the century. And we're going to see there's a lot of young, talented drivers from, from, from not only from the United States, but, you know, from, from around the world. But, but certainly many good young American drivers in multiple different series, multiple different disciplines. Um, you know, you want to write down a couple names that you want to revisit in another 18 to 24 months, write down Kyle Kirkwood, put that name down. Okay. Uh, there, there are good young, you know, put down Pato Award, you know, a uh, couple of good young IndyCar drivers, you know, look at Kyle Larson. I mean, I, and, and I'm not going to go into the whole right. no deal need with to. the Kyle Larson thing, no need. but I they think, you know, what we all wanted to see was Kyle Larson driving a legitimately competitive NASCAR Cup, Cup Series ride, you know, because Ganassi He's a great IndyCar uh, owner, but they've never done much in the, in, in the Cup Series. And he, now he's in Hendrick, and he's going to be a threat. And, and if anybody's going to reestablish the Hendrick dominance, it's going to be Kyle Larson, not Chase Elliott. I think, you know, Larson's finally going to get, you see, you know, something out of Just so much good young talent out there where we're in, in, in a generational turn. So let me circle back to something here when it comes to F1. Because one of the things that has intrigued me about F1 over – since the turn of the century, um, it seems to be immune from the apathy or the declining interest that we see in American motorsports. Why, why do you think that is? Well, when you're a world sport playing to a world audience, you've got a lot more people, There's a lot more eyeballs, that. and a lot, you know, your, your, your pool is a lot deeper. You know, it's the exact same principle as when I talked about IndyCar needing to have more races. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it sounds kind of, you know, trite, but, you need to be in front of more eyeballs. The more more you're out there, the more people watch you. Well, the, the wider you are around the world, the more people there are going to be. And, you know, and well, you know, maybe your attendance or your viewership or, your, you know, what might be down, you know, 3% or whatever, but, but it's still, you know, about six times greater than, <laughs> than what any one of these individual uh, national series are. So F1, people are, you know, people it's and it's it's considered the pinnacle. I mean, it is considered the pinnacle of development. Um, do I think there are some major improvements they can make? And, and yeah, absolutely. Do I think that the crop of drivers in F1 are the the best twenty best drivers in the world? Not even close. Um, are you know, if you were to put together a list of the twenty best drivers across all disciplines in the world, you might get three or four of the current F1 drivers on that list. Uh, but um, but they are talented drivers, and it's certainly an interesting, you know, it's a great sport. It's an interesting sport, and it goes all over the world to, you know, about 20 different countries, so on, so on five different continents. So people are people are going to watch it, and, you know, or six continents. Man, they go to six continents. That's true, they? don't they? <laughs> all the, the, yeah, you know, I, I guess the, is, I don't know. I, I mean, I consider myself a geography guy. I don't know if the uh, Arabian Peninsula is part of Asia or Africa. I, I don't even know. I, I, I get it, man. I got to wear a dunce cap, man. I'm going to the back of, this, of, of the crowd here. Of the yeah, class. Just, we're taking a step back to the days when we were in Mr. Grant's class. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got. Boy, oh boy. I know, right? I got some no legacy. No wonder I didn't learn anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, I got a couple of legacy questions, and we'll get you out the door. 
one I gotta ask because it's always a joke with the, with the, with the people that I do, uh, my friends that are racing enthusiasts like yourself, and I gotta ask. Especially, it's been a tough year for the young lady, especially with Aaron Rodgers uh, moving on with the actress and everything. What happened to Miss Patrick? It's like the Enterprise beamed her up. What went wrong there? What, what, in terms of her racing career? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, um, you got to get results. And, you know, she didn't get results. And, you know, eventually, you know, and Danica is no different than Dale Jr. than anybody else that if you don't have, if somebody's got to pay the bills and if you're not, if you don't open up your own wallet and write your own check, then somebody does. And, you know, Danica's, Danica's ride with GoDaddy and with her other sponsors, you know, lasted for, you know, as long as it lasted and she didn't produce results and tore up know, a lot of cars. They, they found it. Yeah. <laughs> tore up a lot of cars, you know, and, and sometimes not her fault. And, you know, she, I don't think it took, um, Nostradamus to be able to predict that she wasn't going to have great success in NASCAR. I mean, I, I really, really hope that there weren't people that really actually legitimately thought she was going to be overly successful, for this, you know, and, and that's not to downgrade her as a, you know, her driving skills. Totally. I mean, but it's for the same reason I'm saying Jimmy Johnson's not going to be. Jimmy Johnson's going to be less successful in IndyCar than Danica was in NASCAR. I guarantee you on that. All um, right, folks, you know, make and, note of that. And, <laughs> yeah, and and you know, Danica won a pole. You know, she led laps. You know, the only time Jimmy Johnson's going to see the pole is when they're lapping him. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's he, he, he's he's not he's he's. He's behind Dalton Kellett, who who is not even good enough to be in the in the light series, but you know his dad has a lot of money, so he drives for AJ Foyt. Um, you know he's he's just not there. But Danica, Danica, her, she was a you know not a great NASCAR racer, but she you know brought attention and had you know was able to attain because of the fact that she could bring attention that attention equals dollars attention equals eyeballs equals dollars equals a ride, you know, and, and, and it, and it just, it ran out, you know, time, time ran out and, and that's okay. You know, because there are, uh, there are other very talented young lady drivers out there who I think can prove to be, you know, just as good, if not better. Than Probably now. so, so yeah. less, of, less about the marketing and more about what they can actually do on the track. Indeed. Okay, now let me ask you this, you know, because we you, you brought up you brought up Dell Senior and it was talking with, with my brother about this the other day, and I want to get your take on this because you know, when we go back to that faithful moment at Daytona, which I think changed you know, a bit the the, 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 the trajectory oops, excuse me, the trajectory of, of racing in this country, what would what do you think it would have been like had that not happened? Right, and, and he's still you, with you us. Know, wow, you know it's funny that you mentioned that because I or that you asked that. I I I will long, I often have thought how, and specifically, I I think of it in terms of, of Dale Jr.'s career. Um, and I know losing his father was you know a lot more just as his father than just for what it meant for his career. But focusing on his career in this instance, um, you know. A, I even forget how good Dale Earnhardt Jr. was. He was a darn good race car driver, and he was really developing under his father's guidance. Well, and you I make up a great point because that's you know what Greg says is that people have no idea what a force DEI was about to come. Yes, 
Yes. I mean, you know, in, in terms of what direction, you know, the, 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 the sport could have gone in. I mean, we, we, we could have had, you know, different power brokers. I mean, um, Richard Childress really hasn't done much of anything since 2001 outside of, you know, they had Harvick win some races, you know, but they haven't really been a, a championship threat. You know, Harvick again had a few decent years, but Harvick really wasn't, you know, his greatest threat till he went or lost. But, but, but you just, you know, you figure, I think of, of, of what, how, I think the, the number one impact, the, the most, the most immediate, let me say, impact that it had was on his son. I think Dale Earnhardt Jr. could have been the guy. I mean, not just in terms of being quote unquote NASCAR's most popular driver, which, you know, really, rubs some greats on me, but I think he could have developed into the best driver out there. I mean, he was darn good. He was really good on, on mile and a half tracks. He was a, a good short track racer. He, you know, he had done late model racing. So, you know, he had a lot of experience mm-hmm. in that. And as we know out, you know, outside of his dad, you know, I don't think there's been a better restrictor plate racer in our lifetime. I mean, Very there are true. a few pretty good ones out there right now. I, you know, I give him what I said on your first segment mm-hmm. about my, you know, anybody but Danny <laughs> right. attitude. I, I, I'd be, but I begrudgingly have to give him his credit. He's a darn good restrictor plate racer. But you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was 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 in his dad's category in 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 you know in restrictor plate racing, and I just think that it, had he, you know, had Dale Senior uh, had that accident not happened, you know, you would have had. Uh, an Earnhardt ascendancy, I think, <laughs> you know, that's the way I look at oh, it, you know, and, and, and that could have, you know, became a real Hendrick dominated sport, Hendrick and Gibbs, you know, and, and Roush had a little run there for a while, but it was a Hendrick Gibbs thing, you know, and I think it could have been a real, you know, Earnhardt Gibbs Hendrick thing, you know, and, and so I, I think that, that really took, took it, it died. I, it diluted Dale Jr. and it took away, you know, it, it took away some Chevy dominance and it and it it, it gave it or it, it gave it all to Hendrick and, and tilted the Chevy balance of power. It's just too darn bad. It is, and I think one of the bad. things that on top of that, and this is something else that I talk with with others, is I almost feel like we got cheated in the sense of can you imagine having his voice and him giving commentary, you know, the insights he would be bringing. I mean, I definitely know it would help the ratings. What's that? I never thought of that. Of Dale Earnhardt being a commentator. Wow. That that would be really cool to hear him in the booth. You know, Fox brings a different driver to the booth every week, man. Can you hear Dale Dale Earnhardt in the booth as a commentator? That would be unbelievable. (laughs) And I feel like we were deprived of that. and, and And I do feel that that would... That, that would help the popularity because I mean, there's so much of so many people sort of faded away when he passed away, obviously, and his son didn't live up to the, all the hype and expectations. Um, well, you know, I, I, I get that. I, I see. I completely, you know, I understand that completely. That, and that that's true. And that's kind of the way that it, it, it sort of played out. And I think that, you know, um, with, with his voice still in the sport, you know, um, I, I don't know how that impacts, you know, long-term inside the garage area and how, you know, the drivers go about approaching NASCAR and all that. I really, I just think that, you know, that, that had an effect that, that the biggest thing that we didn't see was, was Dale Jr. His reaching his full potential and how that would have changed the, 
the, the scale of how things work and, you know, in the championships. And we put this Jimmy Johnson is Jimmy Johnson, the six time, seven time champion now, you know, uh, if, if you had, you know, uh, a, a Dale Earnhardt incorporated team, you know, that had drivers to threaten, you know, these guys are out there. Would we have even gotten, you know, uh, um, guys like Carl Edwards and Denny Hamlin, would they have even, you know, had opportunities to be, you know, the top guys, you know, would, would, would we have, you know, just, just the whole balance of power shifted, you know, and, and, it, and, and being a, an Earnhardt guy, the Chevy guy, it's just too bad, man. I was just crushed by it. Oh, but, good. Yeah, it Tell me about it. <laughs> okay. okay. Let me get you out here. Throw, let me lob a softball for our last question. Because now along oh, those yeah. lines. I need one by this time. <laughs> okay. Along these lines, you know, when you're watching these races on TV, especially NASCAR, I mean, what is your, what's your feeling when you see the three, you know, with that, that classic font, the 24, even the 20 and the 43 cars, you know, what they've meant. And it's like, all of a sudden, you know, like I like I watched Dylan driving the three and I'm almost mm-hmm. I feel like it's an insult. I'm almost like, well, what is it? Right. You know, I expect that car to be dominant and he's just Austin Dillon. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, I get that. That was cool to not see the three on the track there for several years. I but, agree. you know, it, it, it's, I kind of think, you know, it's, 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 it's just a number, you know, and yes, you associate the three with Dale Earnhardt and you associate, you know, the, the 24 with Jeff Gordon and you associate the four and so on. So mm-hmm. down the line, you know, but, uh, um, there are other guys that, that, you know, like look at a team, at a team sport. You know, there are other guys. There's a, there might be a guy on every team who has the number one. You know, so you know, if it's just a number there, then it's just a number over here. You know, yes, and you associate it. It's it's the great. You know, and it's wonderful. But if you look at the 24, it, it's not the Rainbow Warriors car. That's not the the the. You know, so so if it. I, I truthfully, when I think about the, the, you know, associating the car with the driver, I see the car. Yeah. I see the number and, and that that's part of it. But, you know, I see Earnhardt in that black three or in that Wrangler car, that, 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 uh, yellow and blue mm-hmm. Wrangler car. Uh, you saw that today. Sweet car, man. I love that car. Right. Uh, you know, the F1 drivers getting to. How can you not see that, that bright, uh, rainbow DuPont color on, on Jeff Gordon's car? So, you know, yeah, I think the number, but as time marches on, you know, we can hold on to the, you know, maybe like they did for Earnhardt, especially in the case where the driver passed away, you know, in a wreck, in a race, you know, and where there's, you know, when you're at a high elevated level in the sport, you know, maybe they pull the number out for a while, but, you know, it's just a number because if you re- if you retire a number, you know, every time something like this happens, eventually you're going to run out of numbers, you Very know, <laughs> and, 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 uh, that's, you know, a little facetious, but oh. you know, but, you know, the, but, the you know, some, it's somehow just a, to, to my final thought on that. It, 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 and it kind of, and again, after, a, after, after a proper pause for, you know, morning, to, you know, you bring, it's, it's almost like, you're, you know, you're honoring the number by bringing it back, regardless of, of how, you know, whatever, you know, the, the, the person who's, who's using the number. And truthfully, Austin Dillon's not junk. I mean, Austin Dillon has won a NASCAR Truck Series championship. He's won a Bush Series or Xfinity Series championship. 
Uh, he's won multiple races at the cup level. Yes, he did turn Eric Almirola to win the Daytona 500, but, you know, He's not slop, is he? Oh, Dale Earnhardt, no, exactly. But, but but you know he. But what see what Austin Dillon gets, and and this is what this is what the people who step into these numbers all get. They get the comparison to the superstar, you know, the legend, and no hard, you know, who's gonna the only legend that I know that ever lived up to the legend, you know, that uh, what was Richard Petty, you know. Because for the, the classic NASCAR fans know that his dad was a classic NASCAR racer, you know, was, uh, won the first Daytona 500, was a multiple time champion, you know, and Richard Petty came along and, and won 200 races and seven championships. So, right. you know, but what other father or what other kid came along, you know, would and, you and say Ned and Del so, Jarrett perhaps, you know? No, heck no, no. Heck Ned no. Jarrett was better than than Del Jarrett. <laughs> Ned Jarrett was a multiple. Ned Jarrett was a multiple NASCAR oh, Cup Series <laughs> champion, you know. And you know, and and let's be honest, you know, we all want to think about you know how great that superstar is right now and how much they're a legend. You know, and in 10 years, you know, it's Tim Lincecum who, you know, oh, I never, I remember Tim Lincecum was the next Hall of Famer, you know, and, and that guy was out of the game in two years, you know, Absolutely. so, you know, so you look at, you know, Austin Dillon is not Dale Earnhardt. No, he's not, but he, he's a competent racer. And the mere fact that the, the team that has the right to put that number out on the track wants to put that number out on the track. And, and, and in, in, in some respects, it, it pays tribute to the legend, you know, so you, you got the 24 out there. I don't want him to pull the 24. I, I want to see William Byron do better than Jeff Gordon. I want to see, you know, let, let's see these guys. Let's see them stack up. Let's put them up against, you know, the, the legends or the big names or, you know, set that bar high for them. Let's see them go out and chase them. And you know what that does? Makes for better racing. And then we all win. So, Wow. That's well said. Well put. And that's a perfect way to close this uh, wonderful conversation. Um, it's a pleasure chatting with you, obviously. Can't wait to be back in the 209 to actually sit and chat with you face to face. Hopefully that'll happen sometime later this summer. Um, yeah, fantastic. I mean, we definitely will continue to have these conversations, maybe as opposed to last year where we only talked once. Maybe we'll come back in the summer and see where we're at because I definitely enjoy this and uh, it's very insightful for me. Well, for a long and old friend, I will gladly take this dive into the foxhole at any time. I know there are mortar rounds going off in the background, but, you know, we hung it and we hung out and we, we, we stuck it out. And we managed to make it through. So it was awesome being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. Enjoy your evening with, with, with your family and uh, enjoy the race, uh, race tomorrow. Indeed. Okay. We will talk to you soon, Jim. All right. That was fun. Definitely mortars. And shells going off around the foxhole, but fantastic. Good for the months. And if we go back to our early days in high school, very knowledgeable. A lot of insights there. Friend of the show. Definitely will be having him back in, in the future. Keep an eye on all the content. A lot we accomplished here. Got two podcasts done today. And I'm glad to like roll out content. We know this will continue. You know what the deal. Stay safe out there, people. You know, that guy on the Peloton eating the clear, 
all that good stuff still out there being a threat. Be safe, folks. We will see you next week with more content. Fox trying to get the foxhole. Peace out.